this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I will therefore that men, the Bible's being specific when it is talking in these few verses of Scripture. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So it's mentioning several several characteristics in this particular verse of Scripture. Verse number 8. And then... It begins in verse 9, talking directly to the women. And it says, in like manner also, or very similarly, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. So it addresses uh, the men in this particular passage of scripture and some very internal things um, and and there's um, it's talking about without wrath and without doubting it's talking about prayer or consecration before the Lord and it's talking about lifting up holy hands and and that addresses worshiping before the Lord uh, and then it begins so it addresses particular things when it comes to the men but then the scripture uh, talks about something Uh, different as it relates to women. And we're going to be teaching this morning on holiness for men and women. And the Bible uh, is specific in how it addresses each of the sexes. After this lesson, we are hoping, and is the goal of this Bible study this morning, that we will be able to establish again that God demands an external witness of internal holiness. Amen. We said that last week. As we discussed and we talked about holiness is that God demands an external witness of an internal holiness and that the Holy Ghost within does affect the outward actions and appearance of a child of God. We started out this lesson talking a few several weeks ago about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans that's discussed in the book of Revelation and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, the thing that God said that is the thing that I hate. Uh, was a doctrine that uh, prescribed the uh, that it only mattered what was on the inside of the person that mattered. Only what mattered was on the heart and not the outside. The outside did not matter. And that was addressed in the book of Revelation as a doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And the second thing that it is our goal this morning in this Bible study is that we would establish the distinction between holiness principles for men and holiness principles for women. Uh, and be able to identify and evaluate three main problem areas. We're going to talk about this this morning. Three main problem areas for both the men and the women. There's three main problem areas that uh, affect us when it comes to holiness uh, relate, as it relates to men and women. And the women, and we're going to give you a preview. Women deal primarily with issues of adornment and apparel and attitude. While the men struggle with appetite and anger and apathy. And these are some key areas of struggle for women and for men. For the uh, Again, the scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It's addressing some of these key areas that a man will struggle with. Appetite, anger, and apathy. And the women 
that they adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or gold or pearls or costly array. And so the next uh, couple lessons we're going to be diving into uh, the implications of this particular passage of scripture. Uh, the women's going to say it again. The women's primary problem areas of holiness tend to be adornment and apparel and attitude. The man's primary problem areas with holiness are going to be appetite, anger, and apathy. And that is not to say that that women never will have problems with inner holiness, or that men will never have problems with outer holiness. It is saying that these are tendencies only because of the distinct nature with which the man and the woman was created. These are specific areas, amen, that... Uh, that how God created them and there's tendencies that they're going to struggle with for for both men and women. Holiness always and still will continue to begin on the inside of the person and it will have to always be demonstrated on the outside. Amen. There cannot be someone that says, well, look at me. I'm I'm buttoned up from head to toe. I'm completely covered. It does not mean that there's internal holiness. Amen. But you can't have one without the other, if you will. If, if, if there's going to be internal holiness and if the issues in the heart is going to be right with God, there's going to be an outward manifestation, amen, that the world sees. And if you just got the outside without the internal, amen, you're also missing a vital component, amen. You're going to uh, have a lot of problems and area issues in your life. The question has been asked before, amen, we're not going to be talking a long time this morning. But the question has been asked before. I know about outward holiness standards. But how can I develop real internal holiness? Amen. Maybe as you came to church or you thought about coming to this church, you begin to perhaps think, uh, you begin to look at the women, look at the men and say, well, I can never do all of those things that they're doing. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't reach that level of holiness. I don't want to go down that route. And you think only in terms of the outward, external holiness standards uh, that a church and that the Bible talks about. Uh, But the question should also be asked, amen, how can I develop real, genuine, internal holiness? And I'm finding in my own life that it is a pursuit of holiness. It is, as the scripture says, it's perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. I don't have it down just right yet, but I'm I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to perfect it. I'm trying to uh, reach for that and follow after it that I might be more like him. It's still my prayer and it should still be your prayer. God, help me to be what you want me to be. God, help me to be more like you, God. And in that, uh, as God reveals to you that you're not perfect yet, as God reveals, amen, to the church that there's still areas in our life Amen. That God wants to work on it. We'll be honest with ourselves and say, okay, God, I've got to be what you want me to be. I've got to keep reaching and grasping and trying to grab a hold of something more in God. And that's the right approach with the things of God is God. Let me be what you want me to be. Let me be what you designed me to be, what you desire me to be. 
Help me. And in that process, you find yourself developing an internal holiness. That I want to please Him. Amen. I want to do what's right in the eyes of God. I want to, I want to live my life in obedience in accordance with Scripture. But it's that simple desire that will lead you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And in that process, you find I'm becoming more like Him. And there's a little bit more holiness in my life today than there was yesterday. Amen. The good news is that if you are a Holy Ghost-filled child of God, amen, if you are a Spirit-filled child of God, you already have some internal holiness. Because the Bible says that God's Spirit is holy. It's the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, amen, you get, you get some holiness that wants to begin to work in your life and to begin to reveal and lead you into more truths, into more holiness. But the, the, the problem is that so many times we think of the Holy Ghost as a one-time experience. It's a one-and-done deal. I can come one time and give my heart to God, and I'm okay from there out. Not allowing the Holy Ghost to continue to work in your life. Yeah. Not allowing that Spirit of God to right. continue to flow throughout every part of your life and begin to address issues and areas in your life. Amen. The Holy Ghost will work if you allow it to work in your life. Amen. But you must let him reign in your life. Amen. Both on the inside and on the outside. We must let him reign in our lives. We must say, God, what do you want me to do both on the outside in my in my physical body, in my life and on the inside? What is it, God, that you're speaking to me to do? What is it, God, that you're, you're wanting to address in my life that I'm not listening, God? Help me to hear your voice, God. Help me to be obedient. Help me to do the perfect will of God. Since holiness is God's very nature, when we receive the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, we receive a holy nature. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive a holy nature. Through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Ghost power, we can overcome sin and live righteously. I'm going to say the the key words in there. Amen. The only way that you're ever going to overcome sin and live righteously is through through the power of the Holy Ghost. There are times in my life I reach certain areas, uh, I reach a wall of resistance and I can't go any further. But it's when I allow the Holy Ghost to just work through me and God lead me and God guide me and God just move in my life. Amen. Those walls and those obstacles begin to become little small little mounds. It's easy to cross over. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost is the nature of God and it is forever reaching out and extending itself in this world. And I've got to have that only inside my life. But it has to be through the power of the Holy Ghost. It has to be through the power of the Holy Ghost. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. That is in direct contradistinction to a once saved, always saved mindset or false doctrine teaching. It's not once saved, always saved. It's walk in the Spirit. Continue to live every day, amen, in the Spirit and allow God's presence to work in your life. I am not a perfect human being. I am not perfect. I have flaws. I have imperfections. 
And sometimes I don't even see my imperfections, even though someone could say, this is your imperfection. And we put up a wall and say, no, it's not. I've done that. But it's when I get into an altar and I begin to pray and I begin to talk to God. And God says, no, that is your problem. No, no, that is the issue in your life. You've got to deal with that. It's the Holy Ghost that begins to speak to me. There may be times you come to church here and you listen to a teaching or a message. You say, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. But, you know, I'm just going to go to the altar and you find out, no, that was for me. Because you just stepped out and got into the presence of God and stepped out and allowed God to just say, God, if that's for me, just talk to me. Just let me feel, let me know, God. But it's walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. On the opposite side, if you walk in the flesh, you will fulfill the law of the lust of the flesh. If your days uh, throughout your week, if there's more days than not that you're not talking in tongues and not being filled with the Holy Ghost, I can I can guarantee you're not walking the Holy Ghost. If there's more days, amen, than not throughout the course of the week and you haven't talked in tongues and you look at the, the uh, you look at your, your watch or the calendar, you say, man, it's Thursday and I, I haven't even prayed since last Sunday. I haven't even right. talked in tongues. You are walking in the flesh right. and you are uh, susceptible to the attacks of Satan. We have freedom from sin's dominion and the power to choose not to sin. When we have the Holy Ghost, we have the ability to say no to our flesh. I heard a message years ago. Amen. I think it was Brother Zach Wells that preached his message title. Maybe a little bit shocking, but his his message title was Devil, Shut Up. That was what he preached about. Devil, Shut Up. And and you have we have got to get to the place where we as we are trying to live for God, we're trying to do what's right, but knowing all of a sudden the devil whispers a thought of temptation when you go to bed tonight. Or when when the, when you have a free time later, and and, and all in the and the whispers and the temptations of Satan begin to come into your mind and, and do this. What about that? There's got to be the ability, Amen. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, to say, "Devil, shut up." Devil, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live in the power of the Holy Ghost and allow God to strengthen me and allow God to help me to be victorious. Amen. You have freedom. We have freedom from the dominion of sin. When I was before, uh, before you came to God, you were under the, uh, the the command of Satan. And Satan said, you're going to go out on Friday night. You're going to drink and get drunk and have a hangover. You said, okay, that's what I'm going to do because... That's what, this, that's what the devil's telling me to do, to do. That's what the flesh wants me to do. But when you come to God, you've got to understand that, you know, I don't have to listen, amen, to every, every thought and temptation, every lie of Satan. I can say no to hell, no to sin, no to the flesh, no to the devil. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Romans 6 and 12. As I begin to read that scripture. In Romans 6 and 12. And pay attention to the words. It's let not sin therefore. Reign in your mortal body. If sin's going to reign in your mortal body. In your flesh. In your life. It's going to be because you let it. It's going to be because I let it. It's going to be because we let it. Okay, go ahead. Let's just sin. 
we have the ability through the power of the Holy Ghost to say no and to say, I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to let sin dictate everything in my life. I'm not going to let sin reign in my reign in my body. That I should obey it in the lust thereof. I'm not going to take my orders or my uh, directions or directives from the flesh anymore. I'm going to live in victory. I'm going to live uh, in, in victory with, through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say no to the flesh, to the will of my flesh that wants to do everything that it wants to do in, in, in direct opposition to the Word of God in my life. We've got to get to the understanding that you have the ability to say no to the flesh. When the flesh says, just stay home today from church. Just, just, just stay home. Just don't pray today. We've got to say, no, you're going to pray. No, you're going to go to church. No, you're going to live for God. Flesh, no matter how you like it or not, you're going to live for God. I'm going to make it. I'm not going to allow sin to reign in my mortal body. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 9. 1 John 3 and 9 says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. We will not continue to live in sin. And in fact, our new nature cannot sin. If it is the preeminent nature that we're living under. You can live for God without sinning. You can live a a victorious life. We can live a victorious life. You don't have to end every day with regret and shame. You don't have to... Come to church every service with shame and regret. I I shouldn't have done that. Man, I I shouldn't have done that. And every time I shouldn't have done that. And you know better. But you're not allowing the Holy Ghost to reign in your body. You're not allowing God to to live through you. And and for God to give you the direction that you need. And so because uh, you're not allowing that seed to remain in you. That seed of the word of God. That seed of the spirit of God. You're not living victoriously. Living for God is not a Sunday and Wednesday occupation. It's not only on Sundays and only on Wednesdays for two hours each time. Living for God is throughout the week. It's, it cannot, if, if you're trying to live for God and, and you're trying to just pray uh, a few minutes before Sunday service or a few minutes before Wednesday service, you're going to have a hard time living for God. You're going to have a hard time living for God and, and drawing closer to God. But if Monday morning you get up and you open your Bible and say, you know what, Sister Dee, my flesh doesn't want to do it. But here we go. I'm going to not let my flesh reign. I'm not going to let it dictate to me and determine how I'm going to live. I'm going to tell my flesh, you're going to live for God. There's going to be some direction. And it's not going to be my flesh giving me the direction anymore. But it's going to be the Holy Ghost. Amen. Me through the Holy Ghost saying, no, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I know my stomach is growling and it feels empty and I'm hungry, but I'm going to fast. I'm going to tell my flesh, no, you're going to live holy unto God. You're going to serve him. Amen. Our old nature is not eradicated, but it's merely subdued within us. 
As you live for God and you maybe come to God and you say, I gave my heart to God. Why do I still struggle with stuff? Maybe I, don't, maybe I didn't really get the Holy Ghost. Maybe I didn't really get a hold of God. Maybe God didn't really do a work in my life. I'm still struggling with issues, with struggles in my life. The old nature can never be eradicated until we get to heaven. But it has to be constantly subdued within us. It has to be constantly subdued within us where we just stay on top and we stay in control and we we just subdue the flesh. So our flesh still has the ability to commit sinful acts. But the born again nature within us restrains us from habitually committing sin over and over again. And as long as we let the Holy Ghost lead us and work in us, we we will not sin. We can live above sin. We can live victoriously, but the Holy Ghost has to keep working inside of us. We've got to keep, amen, uh, our our foot, our our hand upon sin and say, no, you're staying under control. I'm going to subdue you today. You're not going to reign. You're not going to dictate to me how I'm going to live. I'm going to, through the power of the Holy Ghost, live victoriously. The law of the Spirit does not destroy the law of sin, but it overcomes it. Again, you say, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm still struggling. It doesn't destroy it and completely eradicate it, but it is the power to overcome it. And so those things that you struggle with, the Holy Ghost says, I'm going to help you overcome it again today. Tomorrow, you've got to get it again to overcome it again. It's, 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 it is constantly trying through the Holy Ghost to subdue it and to uh, get the victory over it and overcome it. And I conclude with, with this. As long as a bird flaps its wings... The law of aerodynamics enables it to overcome the law of gravity. As long as that bird continues to flap its wings, it continues. Amen. Uh, the, the law of aerodynamics enables it to overcome the law of gravity. The law of gravity has not been destroyed. It's still there. It still will bring uh, whatever's uh, up. It must come down. The law of gravity is still at work. It's still at play. But that bird has to continue to flap its wings to allow the the law of aerodynamics to enable it to just rise above it, to overcome it, and to get over some things. Amen. Gravity has not been destroyed. If the bird folds its wings and gravity, gravity will again begin to reassert itself and the bird will plunge to the ground. But that bird has a responsibility. If I'm going to fly, if I'm going to, to do what I was designed and created to do, I've got to do my part. I've got to overcome, amen, the law of gravity. I've got to rise above something. I've got to get in the Holy Ghost. I've got to say, God, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to rise high. I'm going to get over some things. I'm going to overcome the areas of struggle in my life. And Christians can and will and should live above sin. But only if they can continue to flap their spiritual wings and say, I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming. I'm overcoming. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve Him. Hallelujah. I'm going to overcome. I'm going to live for God. 
You, we've got to have that mindset that says, you know what? I'm going to keep through the power of the Holy Ghost go, going higher, living for God, overcoming. And there's going to be even some things as we continue teaching about holiness that your flesh is going to say, I don't like that. I don't, I don't think, I don't agree with that. Blah, 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 blah. And the flesh says, I'm going to try and reassert myself. And you've got to, through the power of the Holy Ghost, say, you know what? No, I am mature enough. And I'm full of the Holy Ghost enough to know that that's right for me. That's what I need to hear. I'm going to overcome gravity. I'm going to overcome uh, all the oppositions in my life. Because living for God is a constant overcoming. It's overcoming. It's every day. There's going to be battles. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be temptations. Things that come your way. And you've got to say, you know what? I can overcome through the power of the Holy Ghost. I can do this. I can make, I can make it. I can live for God. The devil will lie and say, you can't do it. Amen. You're defeated. Why don't you just quit now? Why don't you stop trying? Amen. If you, if you get the bird to stop flapping its wings and it folds its wings, then it begins the descent. Amen. To the earth and it dies. Amen. But if, if that bird just continues to flap its wings and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep doing what I know to do. I'm going to rise and vote. I'm going to overcome. This church will overcome every obstacle, everything that comes against it. Amen. When all of hell, amen, comes against you. Your family, your, your life, your church. Amen. We do what we know to do. We pray. We fast. We get the word of God. We preach with the preacher. We show up to church. We do everything in our power. And we say, God, you're going to help me to overcome all of sin, all of the devices of hell against my life. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't we lift our hands right now? Why don't we just worship Him for a few moments today in this place? Come on, could we do that this morning? Could we lift up our hands and just talk to Him? Jesus, we love You, Lord. We magnify You. We give You glory. We give You honor. We give You praise. We give You worship today. God, I pray, Lord, You would strengthen somebody in this place this morning. I pray, Lord, you would enable, you would empower somebody in this place, Lord, that is feeling, Lord, the winds of resistance, Lord, that their flesh wants to give up, their flesh wants to quit, their flesh wants to throw the towel, amen, their flesh wants to hang it up, amen, and say, I'm done trying, but God, would you fill us again with your spirit, would you do the power of the Holy Ghost, enable us to overcome, and get victory, Lord, over those things in our life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God did not call us to defeat. He's called us to victory. One preacher preached a message. And his title was, The Fight is Fixed. The Fight is Fixed. In the end, we win. All you got to do is keep fighting. Keep living for God. Because in the end, you win. Yes, somebody else said, I read the back of the book and we win. I, I know how the end of the story goes. And, and the Bible says, To him that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. 
It's not a matter. It's not. It's not. A, it should not be a picture of us just holding on and fighting for our lives. But it should be a picture of us saying, "I'm going to live victoriously. I'm going to bring people with me. I'm going to live holy unto God. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be victorious. Amen. This is not going to get me down. I'm not going to hang my head. Amen. In shame and in wallow. Amen. I'm going to lift my head up and I'm going to say, God, I'm going to live holy unto God. I'm going to live victoriously. For the for the men, my appetite is not going to get the best of me. My anger is not going to get the best of me. Apathy is not going to reign in my life. I'm not going to let apathy reign in my life. For the women today, through the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to let adornment adornment and apparel and, and my attitude trip me up and throw me off course. But as the teaching, as the preaching goes forward, then it hits on some, some areas, uh, some sensitive nerves in my life. I'm going to say, okay, God, you're talking to that stuff in my life. I'm going to relinquish the right to hold on to stuff. And God, if you say let go of some things, I'm going to let go of some things. If God, you say, don't just let go of some things, but grab on to some other things. And God, I'm going to grab a hold of some other things. In a few moments, amen, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing Brother Walmer preach this morning. And there's going to be some things that he calls out. I don't know what he's preaching, but there's going to be some things that God speaks to him and says, to say this. And, and as that word goes out, the responsibility is upon us to, to grab a hold and say, that's for me, Brother Walmer. I want that. Let me apply that to my life. And, and other things that he says, let go of this. You must say, okay, God, I'm letting go of this. God, whatever you speak to me, God, you just reign in my life. You got the reins to my life. You got the reins to my life. It's, it's as I, I conclude with this, it's like the horse and the rider. The, the rider on the horse has the reins, and they pull that rein to the right, to the left, or they yank it up, whatever. However they ride it, they, they, can, they can whip the back of the horse to get it to go faster. But if that horse just says, I'm going to ignore the prodding of my master, He'll never go anywhere. He'll never do uh, experience certain victories and certain races and triumphs. But as that horse says, okay, the master says go right. I'm going to go right. Okay, we're going to go left. We just went left. Okay, go left again. What? And you know what? If the Holy Ghost is reigning in your life and leading us and guiding us, you're going to find yourself experiencing some things and some victories and some healings that you didn't know was available to you, that you didn't know was possible. Amen. But God is going to lead us. He's going to guide us. He's going to help us today. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? And we finished a few minutes early today. Amen. And I encourage you to keep coming on Sunday mornings. Amen. Next Sunday morning, it's going to be a, a great lesson as we continue about holiness. And we're going to talk holiness to the women, to the men. And it's God's church. God's going to bless this church. God's going to honor what we're doing. And God is already confirming his word, amen, with signs, amen, and wonders. Lord, we thank you for the, uh, the word, the teaching that we've heard this morning. We thank you for the, whole, the Holy Ghost, God, speaking to us and helping us. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord, in Abundant Life Center, Lord. We're praying today you would continue to move. We pray, Lord, you would anoint this, the remaining part of this service. Speak to hearts today. Speak to lives today, Lord. Move us forward in the direction 
that you would have us to go, Lord. Let unity reign in this house, God. Let love flow freely here today, Lord. Let the Spirit of God move throughout this service and have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. This time we're going to turn around and shake someone's hand. We're going to greet each other. And we'll start up here in a few minutes. The rest of the service. God bless you here this morning.